Com. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the Prop Swap Studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop Swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, welcome back. Live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting radio and there's something going on tonight I, I can't really remember exactly what it is uh, maybe John McMullen NFL Eagles insider can help me put a finger on it John how are you doing tonight doing well Ryan yeah there's something going on it's certainly not the NFL trade deadline that was a big nothing uh, burger but we'll use that term for politics I want to give a shout-out to our buddy, the Philly Godfather. I mean, he's killing it. He's got better information than, than uh, news organizations, pollsters, which is kind of sad in a way, but also awesome for him. He's having a good night. Yeah, I've been following him, and I saw you uh, quote-tweet one of his um, you know posts on, on Twitter there. He's, uh, listen, he's one of the best handicappers in the country, and that's not just us, um, you know, biasly promoting him that's that's true and he he is killing it man i mean and yeah, I, no, go look at the timeline it's all up there i, I mean yeah it, it, it's kind of amazing and I, and I always say i mean if i did the job that pollsters did each every four years uh i'd be fired i wouldn't have a job but they continue marching on because their hope is you forget in four years how bad they were <laughs> the last time so uh, it's still a race it's it's probably going to come down to pennsylvania so it's probably going to come down to the eagles the steelers and all those good people across the delaware river uh, they're probably going to decide this thing oh well as long as it's not all all up to carson wentz for for either side <laughs> <laughs> Put it in Big Ben's hands. <laughs> um, all right, so you mentioned the trade deadline, John. 4 p.m. came, and then it went. And I've asked you before the deadline, will the Eagles be buyers? Will they be sellers? And you lean towards neither, and you were correct. But we also talked about Howie being aggressive, and we certainly wouldn't be surprised if he did something. So why didn't he do anything? Well, I'm going to go Philly Godfather on here, and the late market was trending towards not doing anything when Doug Peterson spoke on on Monday after the game, and he kind of poo-pooed it, and I guess that was an indication uh, that the Eagles were going to stand pat for a couple reasons. I I think the biggest reason is, like everything in 2020, COVID-19, I mean, the protocols, and remember, they keep getting worse as cases spike across the nation so now if you acquire somebody if you bring in somebody from the outside you basically got to get a got to get a week of testing in before you can get them even get them in the building practicing things like that so you tack that issue on top of it and remember if you go back how he's always made howie 2.0 has always made a trade at the deadline. First it was Jay Ajahi, then it was uh, Golden Tate, and, and then last season it was Jannard Avery. And basically 
two of those guys, Tate and Avery, and they barely got involved. You remember all the – I mean, not, Tate was involved, but you remember the issues they had trying to get him uh, sped up into this offense. And even, by the way, the same thing happened with Jay. Uh, but people kind of forget because he was a big uh, part of the Super Bowl run. Um, but the start was really rocky, and it took him a while to, to get him in, involved. So I, I think when you put those two things together, and the history is this team can't get these guys uh, inserted into the offense or, or the defense quickly enough, what what's the point? And then the last part is the salary cap and the issue. So the Eagles, and I've said that consistently, they were never going to be buyers for big names, for big salary players, because they just don't have um, the wherewithal to do that because of the salary cap issues they, they are going to be in in 2021. And, and people say, well, why can't you rent a player for eight games? Well, because they need to roll over the money they do have onto the cap next year to make it a little bit more palatable, and it's still awful. So that's why even a rental player wasn't even in the mix. Uh, the only thing I kind of leaned on was how he likes to do things. He likes to make trades. So I thought maybe there was a chance for another Avery type, just a, a lesser player that was on his rookie contract that fell out of favor. Uh, in a different city, but that's where the COVID stuff came in, and they probably just waited and said, eh, it's not even worth it. Uh, some news and notes surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles roster-wise. Uh, the Eagles cut Kroom, the guy who caught the touchdown pass against Baltimore, and everyone was like, who? <laughs> um, so if you want to touch on that and any other roster moves. Yeah, I, um I think that's, you know, people saw that and they immediately jumped to, oh, the Eagles are, are clearing a roster spot for a trade pickup. But as I tried to explain, um, you don't need to clear a roster spot because of those COVID rules. You get an exemption for that week where guys ramp up. So they didn't need a roster spot if they were going to add someone, at least immediately. Ultimately, when they get through the testing, then you would have had to make a roster move. So, I think it's a pretty clear indication, uh, tight end for tight end, and, and Zach Ertz, um, I've heard, is ready to play. Probably could have played already if they didn't put him on injured reserve. So it's a pretty good indication that he will be back uh, for the New York Giants after the bye week. The Titans release inside linebacker Vic Beasley or announced he will be released tomorrow john uh beasley signed a one-year nine and a half million dollar deal with the titans this offseason is there any chance the eagles look at him no vic is more of an edge rusher actually so you know he played uh, outside linebacker defensive end for atlanta he had the one big season the one big sack season uh and that's really what he does and he hasn't been very good really the past few seasons and this team is not in need uh, of an edge player uh, if you look at you know what they have there uh, Brandon Graham we talked about him yesterday is having a great season Josh Sweat I think has taken a big step forward and I think he's every bit as good as, as Derek Barnett uh, who I think people are disappointed with but he's still a good player um and then you have Vinny Curry, who's 
been killing it since, in and in as a role player, since he came back from his hamstring injury. So that's arguably the deepest position on this team. And yeah, there's there's no way they're going to look to bring in a player like Vic Vic Beasley. Talk about the Eagles' schedule here now up until their game against the Giants next week. What's their schedule look like? What's Doug planning? Well, they're going to practice on on, on Wednesday tomorrow, uh, which is rare uh, on the bye week. Uh, remember, it's a little bit different. We can't get away from COVID. Uh, players can't leave the city. So in a typical bye week, uh, you have guys scattering across the country. And if the Eagles won coming out of the bye and they were in first place coming out of the bye, typically uh, Doug would give them the week off uh, and to clear their sort of minds and recharge their batteries. Uh, so the way they were playing, I mean, even in a normal environment, uh, he might have kept them around. Uh, to do a little bit of extra work on the Wednesday and then uh, give them the weekend off because that's CBA mandated. They have to have that weekend off. Um, but, I, I mean, he was pretty forceful in saying he, he knows it, it's not – at least he is not falling for the fool's gold the first place. He knows this team is not playing well, and he knows they need to clean up a lot of things um, starting with the quarterback and, and, and moving down, and, and arguably even the coaching staff. So throw him in there as well. But, um, you know, they did not – you take it – they're an Evan Ingram drop away from losing that game against the New York Giants. And let's be honest, I, I mean, it was, what, 15-9 yep. with Ben DiNucci playing quarterback and – did you see Jerry Jones throw that poor guy under the bus today on his radio show in Dallas? I didn't. I mean, that is the worst quarterback you're going to see. Uh, and the Cowboys are already moving towards they brought back Cooper Rush. Um, they're probably going to start him um, in, instead uh, of Ben DiNucci. And, and Jerry pretty much said it was too big for him. Uh, Adam gased him, as I called it on Twitter. Just threw him under the bus. Now, he 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 deserved it. He was that bad, but you, you can't do that if you're an owner or a coach. Um, you got to be smarter than that. But nonetheless, my point from the Eagles' perspective is that's as bad as it gets. You're going to play a quarterback, and it's not an impressive win, is what I'm trying to say. No, absolutely not. Um... <laughs> So let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about that win with John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. Extending the play right here on 1490 every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And he writes for Sports Illustrated and phillyvoice.com. And last night's conversation with us, John, it was Carson Wentz geared to say the least, and rightfully so, fair or foul, that's what everyone's talking about, especially yesterday, the day after, even the night after uh, the Cowboys game. What are some other things that we need to touch on, either positive or negative? We didn't talk a ton about Boston Scott last night, and I thought he played a real solid game, um, looking good as a runner and, and putting up some decent stats. 
Yeah, I mean, he had a career high in rushing in the second by the second quarter, and then for whatever reason, I'm surprised more people haven't brought that up. Doug went away from the running game. It seemed to be working uh, pretty well. Um, and, uh, it, it, I mean, Boston is a player not used to having a ton of touches, um, and obviously he doesn't have tremendous size, so maybe that played into it. Uh, but he, he was effective more effective early uh, than late. And I think if you go back to late last season when he was forced into a larger role, I, and I asked Boston about this last week, he seems to, to play better like a lot of running backs when he, he's a starter and he gets more touches and he gets a better feel for the game. Unfortunately, never going to be the starter when Miles Sanders is healthy. So you need him to be that guy that situational player who can come in and get five or seven touches and be impactful in that way. And I, I, I don't think he's been good in that role, but when you have to play him and when he gets more touches and gets a feel for the game, I think he's a pretty good player. So it's kind of a catch 22. Uh, he's not nearly as good as miles, obviously. So um, it, 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 he's got to figure out a way uh, to get that same kind of efficacy with less touches. And I, I don't know if he's figured that out yet, to be honest. Dallas Goddard um, didn't really do too much in the game. He only had one catch for 15 yards, if I'm looking at the right box score here. And he was pretty quiet. Don't re- recall his name being called too often. Is he healthy? How's he doing? What can we expect moving forward? And the bye week seems to be timely for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think he's healthy um, because it, it, if there was any concern, um, the Eagles would have just held him out and gave him that extra week for the bye. Uh, and, and that would have been essentially two extra weeks to, to get healthy. Um, so I, I don't think the tibia and, and the ankle – uh, are the issue any longer but I do think he was rusty and he didn't play that well but I, I do think it, he'll continue to get better and better as he gets more reps and, and, and gets back into it I, I think you know I, I say all the time I think too many fans think especially coming back from injuries you think okay they're healthy now they're going to be the exact same guy uh, it tends to take a while uh, to ramp up and, and to get your conditioning back and to get you know the feel for the speed of the game and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's just part of it, and I I don't think you saw the typical uh, Dallas Goddard, but I think ultimately you will in the second half of the season. And you know Dallas is one of a number of players. Zach is another. Lane Johnson is another. Miles Sanders. This is one of the reasons the Eagles are excited. Uh, about the second half of the season because they're getting these guys at least a little bit healthier. Um, And basically all of them should be healthy except Lane. That's going to be an issue um, moving forward. He's just going to have to fight through it. But the other guys, yeah, they should be cleared medically and and good to go. And same thing with Zach and and Miles. You'll probably see a little bit of rust, but it should get, a little bit better incrementally each week they're back. The offensive line, John, and we've talked about it so much every night, every week. Going into the bye now, Lane Johnson wasn't able to give it a go on Sunday. Jordan Mailata has been a fan favorite. Jason Peters actually played pretty solid on Sunday. 
How do you think this offensive line is going to shape up here when we return from the bye? And I know it's impossible to predict. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's impossible to predict, actually. I, I do think, you know, the hope is that Lane can calm it down enough to play pretty consistently. Uh, and Jason Peters is going to be the left tackle. Uh, and Jason Kelsey, obviously, is entrenched at, at center. And then Nate Herbig has kind of earned his right uh, to be a starter on this team, at least with Brandon Brooks and Isaac Samalo down. So he's going to be the left guard. And then you're going to kind of piece it together with Matt Pryor at right guard, which would be the weakest link. Uh, and the hope is Isaac will be back at some point. Um, who knows when? And at that point, you probably insert him back at left guard and kick Nate Herbig back over to right guard. So, I think the biggest, and I talked about this with Barrett Brooks today on on Aton show, and and uh, he he was the same way. And you know, there's a guy who played the league and and won a Super Bowl with the Steelers, and um, it's all about chemistry. And I think that's been the biggest problem. The Eagles got to settle on five guys. And I think, they, <clears throat> I, excuse me, I think they finally settled on the five guys. And it's going to be Peters from left to right. It's going to be Peters, Herbig, Kelsey, Pryor, Wayne Johnson. And hopefully, hopefully they can stay healthy and get a little chemistry because I think that would improve things greatly. Talking with John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. Eagles Insider, PhillyVoice.com, SI.com, and extending the play every Saturday morning right here on AM 1490. John, I looked at the remaining schedules for the Eagles and the Washington football team. And after I looked at it for a few minutes, I said, man, it really seems like there's a high probability that the Week 17 matchup is going to be for the NFC East. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, and I, I've said, you know, if if you could convince me, and I said it, Pre-Alex Smith injury, I, I think Washington would win this division if Alex Smith was the quarterback. Um, but he's not, and he's not uh, Alex Smith anymore. And it is Kyle Allen. It's probably going to be continue to be Kyle Allen. There was a lot of talk that Washington was going to trade Dwayne Haskins. Uh, didn't materialize, uh, but it's pretty clear they turned the page on that already. I don't know if that's the proper thing to do, but... Uh, it seems like they've done it. They have a really good defensive line. You saw that in week one, um, one of the best in the NFL. Um, you've seen what Terry McLaurin can do uh, as a receiver, uh, even with quarterbacks that aren't very good. So I do think there's some pieces there, and they're better than probably people think they are. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I mentioned all those names the Eagles are getting back. And those are pretty good players. Um, and, and Miles and Zach Ertz and Lane Johnson and on and on and on. They just got Dallas and Jason Peters back. They should be able to do enough to win that Week 17 game at home. Um, and, I, you know, home field advantage, I've said it doesn't really matter. Who knows where we are that late in the season. Maybe there's more fans allowed in maybe it makes a little bit of a difference you don't know how that's going to shape out shake out um but they should be able 
to win what is maybe the worst division, uh, certainly since in the current format. Uh, I think there's no question this is the worst division. And they might win it with seven wins, but, hey, if you win it, you get a home playoff game. I want to uh, touch on some NFL headlines here, and A.B. is the biggest one, and news came out today. He is activated, and he will play Sunday against Drew Brees and the Saints. I just want your opinion on that, John. Do you think he's going to make an immediate impact Sunday night? Well, you know, Antonio's a little bit uh, of a different uh, – I always talk about big names, and, you know, Des Bryant would be the perfect example of a receiver that everyone sees the name and says, oh, Baltimore got Des Bryant. Now they signed him to the practice squad because he couldn't play, you know, before he left at the end because of injuries. And, um, you know, that's what happens in the NFL. It moves fast, and, and you lose it physically. Um, Antonio Brown was a heck of a receiver when he went off the rails. Uh, I mean, an all-time great. So he, he was still playing at a tremendously high level. Um, I don't know what you want to call it, a, a, a mental breakdown, what have you. Uh, he's had so many off-the-field problems, um, and he's had opportunities with, with at the time, the Oakland Raiders, and if you, I always say if you can't get along with Mike Mayock, you can't get along with anybody. Um, New England and, and that locker room, and remember Tom was still there. Uh, they couldn't handle it. Uh, and now he's getting another opportunity. Just what I talked about, though, with the Eagles and getting guys back from injuries, well, he hasn't played for a long time. So that's the first part of it. I, I don't think he's going to just step on the field and be the same Antonio Brown he once was in Pittsburgh. But I, I do think there's no reason to think those physical gifts aren't still there. So if they can get him uh, up to speed and if he doesn't turn into a, a, a nut job, uh, four weeks down the line, and he might have a huge impact. But I do think it's not going to be immediate. He hasn't played for a long time. Yeah, it's uh, everyone's going to be watching, and I'm curious to see if it's a train wreck or how long does it take for it to be a train wreck, or is there no wreck? And if there's no train wreck at all, it's it's going to be scary uh, down in Tampa for sure with that yeah, defense. To be honest, I don't even know why they need them. But, yeah, yeah I mean, if it's not a train wreck, and, and it's not going to be a train wreck on the field because he can play if it's going to be a train wreck it's going to be the off the field stuff that derails it and hey there's probably talking about betting markets probably a better <laughs> better than a 50-50 shot that he's going to do something that alienates somebody I mean that's just been his history yeah I think uh, history would tell you that it's a heavy favorite for AB to do something stupid and I, I hope that's not the case. I'm not trying to be, you know, a jerk about it, but that's the reality. Um, all right, John. Well, there, there's the segment, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, PhillyVoice.com, SI, and extending the play every Saturday morning right here on 1490. Go watch the uh, the map change colors, John. 
Yeah, well, you know, and I, I encourage everybody, you know, no matter who wins, you got to wake up tomorrow and go to work if you're lucky enough to have a job. So just live your life. That's Amen. my advice. Amen. Be happy. Be happy. Bobby right, McFrary. boy. <laughs> we'll talk tomorrow. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Thank you. There he is. Love him. Johnny Mac. Um, all right, just like that, one hour down, two hours to go. Live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Still ahead, Tom Gable, director of the sports book over at the Borgata in Atlantic City. He joins me next. about a guy who's been taken care of. Now, he's not making Sam Bradford money. Sam Bradford's like a walking hedge fund. I look up to him. He was the last first-rounder to get that ridiculous money before they put a cap on it. Yeah. And he made every single penny of every contract that he signed. I know we're tearing statues down around the country. They should build one to Sam Bradford. The Middle with Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. If you're an owner, general manager, or sales manager of an auto dealership in the Delaware Valley, get in touch with Jacob Media right now and ask for this exclusive opportunity to saturate the market. If you're looking for showroom ups, buyers, and used car buyers who will travel to your dealership and do business, get in touch and understand why our Automotive Minute and our pre-owned showcase will drive eyeballs and phone calls. You will do business. Jacob Media Partners will turn on the power of radio and drop your dealership right in front of the car buyers. Contact Joe Krause at Jacob Media Partners 267-261-3428. The power of the Automotive Minute produced by Jacob Media Partners will bring you buyers. Contact me, Joe Krause, at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. And turn on the power of radio. Ups, calls, and buyers guaranteed to sell every car we feature in the Automotive Minute. I'm Joe Krause. I'll see you on the road. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. 
right, welcome back. Quick update here before we get to the VEASAN top of the hour update. Tom Gable joins me when we come back from break. Director of the Borgata Sportsbook, Bet MGM Sportsbook over at the Borgata in Atlantic City. Uh, we're going to get into NFL Week 9 lines, spreads, totals, best bets, college football best bets, the MAC action coming in hot. So keep it locked in right here to the fix on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com. 